thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul test again this morning. Lord, I have come into the presence of the King of Kings. I have come, Lord, this morning to magnify your name. Lord, I have come this morning to declare that your name is great and that, Lord, it is greatly to be praised. I have come, Lord, to declare this morning that you are El Leon, you are El Shaddai, you are El Gibor, mighty God. I have come to magnify your name this morning as the King of Kings, as the Lord of Lords, as the Maker of heaven and earth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies. I have come to magnify you this morning. Your name is great. It is greatly to be praised. Be glorified forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, none can be compared to you. Your greatness is beyond description. Your beauty and holiness is beyond description. Lord, it cannot be found out. Be glorified forevermore, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. As we come this morning to worship, to give you glory, to read your word, to learn in your presence, Father, we ask once again this morning that you will speak to us. You will grant us understanding in your word. Help us learn in your presence and cause your name to be glorified in our lives. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. All right. Let me say a big welcome to the uh, to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Ayenike. We continue reading. Okay, the new book we started yesterday, the book of Romans. Uh, we took two chapters yesterday. Today we take two more chapters, chapters three and four. Please remember, I said uh, along the line, or maybe at the end of the book of Romans, we are going to take a teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay spiritual gifts or the gifts of the holy spirit and their application in the workplace in everyday life okay very important teaching to take um today as we read romans chapter 3 paul talks about the fact that god remains faithful remember that he's trying to get them to his audience which were majorly greeks or gentiles he was trying to get them to understand okay how this whole thing this message of grace how it works so he's going to talk about how salvation you know has nothing to do with our own efforts why all have seen and falling short of the glory of god our own abilities and our own righteousness are just not good enough okay so he talks about that in chapter 3 and then in chapter 4 he's going to talk about the righteousness that Abraham eventually had and dead under the fact that look it wasn't about Abraham's works it was a gift from God and so if it was a gift to Abraham okay only a gift could have accomplished it also for us 
in other words the law the law could not have made anyone righteous it was not a gift okay it was just to point out point out people's inadequacies and you know their, their inability to fulfill god's god's law and righteousness okay only what god himself did just like what he did for abraham will be sufficient for us to uh to be righteous before god all right please get your bibles romans chapter 3 and 4 this morning god remains faithful then what's the advantage of being a jew is there any value in the ceremony of circumcision yes very important okay remember that the jewish believers and the jews were like raising their chests up and demanding everyone had to become a jew first everyone had to become circumcised first before they can even become a christian okay so many of us are circumcised today but not because uh, we're trying to become jews okay in that in those in that in this time during this period uh, that was what they, they were demanding okay so paul is saying and i'm telling you this is letter okay was as much you know relevant to the greeks that he was writing to the gentiles he was writing to as much as the average jewish believer or jew that picks up okay this letter and reads it since then what's the advantage of being a jew is there any value in the ceremony of circumcision he says yes there are great benefits and yes so there are great benefits in circumcision just talk to doctors they will tell you hmm, there are many benefits in hygiene and the likes okay there are many benefits for it so first of all the jews were entrusted with the old revelation of god okay the jewish nation was the first uh, that god will reach out to in reaching out to abraham god sought to you know to to prepare a people for himself and to use them a chosen generation if you want to if you want to call them that you know a chosen people and to use them you know to to show the world what it meant you know for people to love and serve him and through them god was going to reach still reach the whole world okay through them all the world would have been rich but israel refused okay so the jews were entrusted with the old revelation of god says true some of them were unfaithful uh, but just because they were unfaithful does that mean god will be unfaithful the answer is no one thing i love about paul's writing is that he will ask questions and not answer them okay in other words answer the questions the question on your own okay and gain understanding so if they were unfaithful would that mean would that make god unfaithful we know that the answer is no god remains faithful for of course not even if everyone else is a liar god is true as the scripture says about him so i want you to watch how paul is building his reasoning god remains true god will never lie okay so remember god already told the serpent when when 
Adam and Eve sinned, that look, um, the seed of this woman will eventually come, will bruise your head, okay? And of course, already pointing to the period where salvation, salvation was going to come, God continued to promise, told Abraham that through him, he was going to not only bless him, but make him a blessing, you know, uh, to every nation of the world. God promised David that, ah, look, uh, a seed from him, somebody from the line of David, was going to become the line through which the whole world was going to be saved. So God is not a liar. The promise was coming, had been coming like, just like that, okay? So you could literally trace it back. It says, even if, if everyone else is a liar, God is true, as the scripture says about him. So let's hear what the scripture says about God. It says, you will be proved right in what you say. Uh, Psalm 51 verse 4, you will be proved right in what you say, and you will win your case in court. Okay? If God says a thing, <laughs> even if it's possible for it to be a lie, can't be anyway. If it was a lie, it becomes the truth. If God declares a thing, it is so, okay? So God will not lie to man. Simple. Hold on to the word of God. He never lies. He says, verse 5, But some might say, Our sinfulness serves a good purpose, for it helps people see how righteous God is. Abby, we human beings are sinful. Then God is righteous. <laughs> I don't know what kind of reasoning is that. He says, isn't it unfair then for him to punish us? This is merely a human point of view. Some, you know, when you're thinking like that, that uh, if God created us, you know, with our weaknesses, and I've had many people make this argument, was God not the one that created us with the, with the, sinful, with the sinful nature and allowed us to fall into sin? So why will he now, will he now punish us? Would that be fair? Or just on on the side of God, I've had people say, "Ah, uh-uh, how can a merciful God send people to hell?" Hey, hey, yes, it is His mercy. Eh, uh, it is merciful to send people to hell. You will see. And as Paul explains this reasoning, he said, "Look, what I just said was just human, a human point of view, of view." He says, "Isn't it unfair then for Him to punish us?" This is merely a human point of view. Of course not. If God were not entirely fair, how would he be qualified to judge the world? God is not only fair, he is just. He is not only just, he is righteous. Okay? So fair, just, and righteous. When you stand at the judgment, eh, you will see that it was totally your fault. I'm telling you. You will not be able to hold God accountable because God did everything for you to be saved. Okay? So, no. God, if God were not entirely fair, how would he be qualified to judge the world? But someone might still argue, how can God condemn me as a sinner if my dishonesty allies his truthfulness and brings him more glory? I don't know how your sinfulness okay or sinning more and more your dishonesty would we are light anyway that's possible so if i'm doing bad then it means there is good 
shouldn't that bring glory to God? No, that's not what God intends for us. God expects that we will reflect His glory. He says His truthfulness brings Him more glory. He says, I like His truthfulness and brings Him more glory. And some people even slander us by claiming that we say, the more we sin, the better it is. Those who say such things deserved deserve to be condemned okay you cannot say the more we sin uh the the greater the grace it doesn't work like that if you understand and i'm telling you paul faced some major opposition major opposition because they were afraid of the message of grace they were afraid of the message of grace number one they felt that it was a cloak a cloak to do whatever you you like eh if it has been provided for, why do I need to work? I don't need to do anything. In other words, I can do whatever I like. I can sin as much as I like. I can I can do anything I like. Eh? Grace covers me. <laughs> ah, but Paul will eventually go on that. You, you don't understand the message of grace. If you think like that, grace is by far more powerful. Paul says those who say such things deserve to be condemned. Next, all people are sinners. Well then, uh, should we con- conclude that we Jews are better than others? No, not at all. For we have already shown that all people, whether Jews or Gentiles, are under the power of sin. Eh? Yes, no one has been able to keep the law. Everyone, whether they, uh, they, they look so pious, eh? <laughs> you, you, can't, you couldn't have looked more pious than the, than the average Jew. Eh? Everyone is a sinner eh? that's what paul is saying whether jews or gentiles are under the power of sin as the scripture says no one is righteous not even one no one is truly wise no one is seeking god all have turned away all have become useless no one does good not a single one you will everything that paul just quoted you will find many of them in the book of psalms okay so you see that paul was so grounded you know with with the book of psalms and the words of the prophet isaiah okay so paul was arguing that look no one person okay uh, can cre- really claim that they are truly righteous, truly wise, or you know, um, before God. No, you won't be able to. It says, No one does good, not a single one. Since their talk is foul, like a stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies, snake venom drips from, drips from, from their lips. Uh, you find you find that also in the book of Psalms. Since their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness, hmm. uh, they rush to commit. They rush to commit murder. Uh, their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Psalm, Psalm ten verse seven. Uh, they rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follows follows them. Hmm. They don't know where to find. They don't know where to find peace. Isaiah fifty nine. Hmm. They have. They have no fear of God at all. Psalm 36 verse 1. I'm telling you, with just these few words that um, Paul just quoted, eh? Paul was rolling out the book of Psalms and the book of the prophet Isaiah. Eh? So when you go back to read those books again, eh? remember that the New Testament is the fulfillment of what a lot of those prophets were writing. Yes. 
the fulfillment of them. So Paul was explaining no one. He says, obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given. Uh So it applies to the Jews too. For its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. That's the law. No one will ever be able to keep it. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. Did you hear that? Please read that again. No, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. You are bound to fail one. Eh? And if you did 600 and just failed one, you failed everything. Hi, Kai. So no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. That's its purpose. To show us how sinful we are and bring us to God. The purpose of the law is to bring us to God. It wasn't intended to save us. Simpleness, Christ took our punishment. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him. The law brought us to God. So how can we be made right with him? God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. We are made right, not by, oh, that shall not steal, that shall not kill, that shall not see that, that shall not wear this, uh, women should not wear cap, uh, men should not wear trousers. No, <laughs> those are law, laws, eh? Old Testament. Now we have been shown, God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Did you please read it again? Eh? It says we are made right with God by placing our what? Our faith in who? In Jesus Christ. It's simple. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. It doesn't matter what tribe you came from. It doesn't matter whether you are a Jew or Gentile. It doesn't matter. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And it will will prove this, that Abraham himself eh, was not made right by his actions. He was made right by placing his faith in God. It says, for everyone has sinned, we all fall fall short of God's glorious standard. Everyone, eh? The Pope, yes, included. Pastor, included. Bishop, apostle, everybody included. All have sinned. <laughs> and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. He did this a true Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty of our sins. Did you hear that? You have been freed not going to be free you have been freed from the penalty of your sins okay claiming that hey this is going to uh, claiming you know judgment over a believer for example is is an aberration it's an abomination okay telling people i've been at a meeting before where someone is preaching you know and they are condemning believers if you know uh, you did this like 20 years ago you know come out you know uh, and come and repent where did you get that from okay it's it's not scripture god in his grace freely makes us right in his sight eh? 
He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. In Christ, we have been freed. Remember, I told you to pay attention to the true Christ Jesus, by Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Please pay attention to them because they tell you what God did freely for us. He made us free from the penalty of sin. There's no penalty. See, when I stand before God, I don't know about you, there is no penalty. Eh? The devil will come and eh? bring accusation. Eh, he did this. He did this. He stole. He killed. He did this. He did this. He did this. He did this. There is no penalty. Eh? <laughs> Everything has been paid for. Uh, God will say, Agapas, <laughs> it has been paid for. Eh? My lawyer, my advocate, eh? Jesus will come forward, present his blood, I will pass. You will pass to hallelujah in the mighty name of Jesus 25. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. Did you hear that? Ah, Paul, God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. Listen, listen, listen. The sin eh, you will commit has been paid for. I know that this message of grace is difficult to for a lot of people to comprehend. You mean that? Ah, then let's continue living the way we like now. Eh? Let us just be chopping life and living. Then you don't understand it. Eh? Grace eh, literally forces us to live for God. Eh? Because even the one that we will commit, like Jesus already, God already, pre- already presented Jesus as the sacrifice for. It says people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. That is how we are made right with God. By believing, eh? people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Uh, this sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. So for we, for he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. When people believe in Jesus, God makes them right in his sight. It is God who does it. It is not your action that makes you right before God. It, your actions will never be good enough. No, I think so. You know, some people think, ah, Pastor, I'm good now. I'm good enough in the presence of God. You will be shocked. Eh? See, everyone who found themselves in the presence of God eh, realize how how useless they were. Eh? You saw where Moses was in the presence of God, how Moses crawled into a ball eh? and was like, ah, let me depart from the presence of God. When Elijah, eh, sorry, when Isaiah appeared in the presence of God, Isaiah said, ah, whoa, I am, I, am, I am dead, I am finished. Eh? In the presence of this holy God, you think you are righteous? Enter the presence of God. You realize that eh, your righteousness would not work. Only what God indeed himself will work. says, can we boast? Now listen. It says, uh, he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. says, can we boast then uh, that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No. Because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. Did you hear that? Our acquittal is based on faith. It is not based on the law. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. We are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. After all, is God the God of the Jews alone? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. 
there is only one god and he makes that is the monotheism side of you know of post teachings there is only one god eh? there is only one god and he makes people right with himself only by faith whether they are jews or gentiles uh, well then if we emphasize faith does this mean that we can forget about the law of course not in fact only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law ha. i'm telling you when you read the book of romans eh, and god gives you comprehension you will see that it is not by uh, checking the law one by one and eh? once your faith is in jesus and you truly live for jesus you will fulfill the word the letters of the law i'm telling you let's read chapter 4 and let's look at how this applied to abraham let's run now abraham was human was humanly speaking the founder of our jewish nation what did he discover about uh, about being made right with god if if his good deeds had made him acceptable to god he would have had something to boast about but that was not god's way for the scripture tells us abraham believed in god and god counted him as righteous because of his faith Abraham himself believed, eh? and it was his belief and faith that God counted. Okay, it wasn't his work. It wasn't because Abraham did anything special. Okay, that made him right with God. In fact, Abraham himself, if you want to use the word, was a sinner, like every other human being. Okay, in the world is. So when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something uh, they have earned. But people. Um, accounted as righteous not because of their work but because of their faith in god who forgives sinners david also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it oh what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven whose sins are put out of sight yes what joy for those whose record the lord has cleared of sin psalm 32 verse 1 and 2 okay so now is this blessing only for the jews or is it also for uncircumcised gentiles well we have been saying that abraham was counted as righteous by god because of his faith but how did this happen was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised or was it before he was circumcised ah, i'm telling you paul eh, took a deep nail a big nail like this eh, and nailed them and eh, their law and their jewish circumcision he nailed it inside the coffin he took a pin eh, and just bob- <laughs> bust their balloon okay so he was trying to okay so be you are children of abraham eh, because they told jesus eh, we are children of abraham okay so the righteousness that god gave abraham was it before he became circumcised this circumcision that you are holding on to was the righteousness given to him before he became circumcised or after he was circumcised he will prove it now eh that it was before eh and that the circumcision was was just a a an outward expression of what has happened inside him of inward grace eh says but see but how did this happen was it counted as righteous only um was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised or was it before he was circumcised clearly god accepted abraham before he was circumcised circumcision was a sign that abraham already had faith circumcision is not what gives you faith (laughs) circumcision was a sign that abraham already had faith and that god had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous even before he was circumcised 
So Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised, since they are counted as righteous because of their faith, not because of their circumcision. Circumcision here eh, is every outward physical thing that you are doing, thinking that that is what is going to justify you. It is not. It is never enough. Okay, they are counted as righteous because of their faith, and by faith we we walk with God. By faith we walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible says. Twelve says, and Abraham is also the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised. But only if they have the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. Very important. Because not all of the children of Abraham were the children of faith. Okay? So just because he was circumcised, after he was circumcised, he had other children. Okay? So they don't make them his or the child of promise, if you want to call it. It was this faith part that qualified them, okay, to become children of Abraham. It says clearly, listen, clearly, God, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendant was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. There was no law during Abraham's time. The law came with Moses. Okay, so Abraham being made right was not because he was trying to fulfill one law after another. No. Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendant was based not on his obedience to God's law. Eh? It was based on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. For the law always brings punishment. Did you hear that? On those who try to obey it, the only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break at all. <laughs> Voila. You see why they were fighting Paul? They felt he was saying that let's put the law aside. But that's not what Paul is saying. Now, let's 16. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. And we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the laws of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham, we are certain to receive it if we have faith. Not We do not receive it by law. It is a gift, a free gift. See, that is what the scripture means. When God told him, I have made you, God made him. It wasn't Abraham that made himself. He says, I have made you the father of many nations. God is the one who makes us righteous. Not We don't make ourselves righteous. It is not the way we are living or the way... Don't mistake me. Don't miss this. When you live for God, when God makes you and you are living for God, it will come out as righteous, righteous living. Okay? So that's what the scripture means. When God told him, I have made you the father of many nations, this happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new new things out of nothing. Since even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Yes. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. Promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory 
to God. Did you hear that? Eh? When Abraham was growing older and older, his own faith was increasing and increasing. Eh? When the devil is trying to paint us as sinners, eh? our faith in God should only increase and continue to multiply. He says his faith grew stronger and stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God was God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefits too. Our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. Hallelujah. Jesus is the one who makes us right with God. Eh? This righteousness that Jesus freely gives us is a gift. It cannot be worked for. Listen, learn from Abraham. Eh? The older Abraham's got, eh? Abraham was a hundred years old, okay? By the time Isaac would show up, Sarah's womb was, was dead, literally. It was dead because she was old, 90, 90 years old. Who have ever heard about a 90-year-old woman giving birth before? Yes. But you see, the older eh, they became, he says, the more assured Abraham's faith continued to grow. He says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. Eh? In this, he brought, brought glory to God. The, the, the stronger Abraham's faith grew, the more glory he brought to God. Listen, the stronger your faith grew, grows, the more you will bring glory to God. This morning, I want us to say, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for giving me Jesus. Ah, Father, thank you. Thank you for the righteousness that I now have in Christ. Ah, Lord, now I know that it is not by works. <laughs> I know that it is a free gift. Now, Lord, I can live for you. I can live my life for you freely. Lord, I can worship you in the beauty of holiness. Will you pray this morning and just tell God how, how grateful you are of the gift that is Jesus. Now you understand the message of grace. Eh? <laughs> not by power, not by might. But by my spirit, the scripture declares, Lord, we say thank you this morning for taking us deeper. Thank you, Lord, for placing this love in our hearts for you. We give you all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray this morning. We thank you, first of all, for Jesus. But we pray this morning that as we walk in this grace that you have given us, Father, help us to be a light to our world in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.